40, top for 40s to 50 in the afternoon, only low 50s. With the rains for the morning, tapered off for the afternoon, upwards to 2 inches before it's over with in a few spots. Becoming partly cloudy and cold tomorrow night, lows of 30s to near 40. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Kids want to know you're listening to them, but they also want to listen to you. When it comes to alcohol, they want to know your expectations and how and why to avoid underage drinking. Talking early and often about it in everyday conversations reinforces your message and keeps lines of communication open. When it comes to alcohol, they want to know your expectations and how and why to avoid underage drinking. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. The views and opinions expressed during this show are those of the hosts and guests only. In no way do they represent the views, positions, or opinions expressed or implied of WGSO 990 AM or North Shore Radio, LLC. Welcome to William Wallace for America. It's your time to speak out about the things that make America the greatest country on earth and also find things in our country that we can unite on. Your host is William Wallace. William welcomes your positive solutions and questions by calling 504-556-9696. And now your host, William Wallace. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to another Tuesday night here on WGSO 990 AM. On my show, William Wallace for America, brought to you by Pell Hughes direct mail and printing remember call adam strauss if you need anything over there with me today and i'm agreeing on here in just a second is jerry smith who's running for judge in jefferson parish this is going to be not only a great interview because you're going to get to learn a little bit about the 24th jdc we learn how the courts work learn a little bit about him but you'll have me asking questions on where freedom and liberty will prevail and his decisions but even more importantly, you're going to hear a little bit more questions about how we can um, fight crime without always locking them up. What I mean by that is the, the, the way that everybody likes to talk about fighting crime is, oh, we got to lock all the bad guys up. But what's proven in many cases is for nonviolent offenders, and I'm summarizing here, I'm going to let Jerry you know, go into all this you know, later in the show, is you know how can we find ways to lower crime in our area in ways that re- reintroduce people without uh, you know without raising the recidivism rate? There's lots of things to talk about because if you've listened to my podcast, you've heard me talk about how oftentimes freedom and liberty gets trampled when people get overcharged or not given a second chance, and I think it kind of paves the way to rob freedoms and liberties of more people in the future. Jerry Smith, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you very much, William. It's good yeah. to be here, and uh, and Happy New Year to everybody out there. Um, I, I enjoy having this time to talk to you about some of the issues that come up in this race. Oh, you're going you're gonna to have lots of time, because we're, we're talking the whole hour on, on this. And uh, well, well, Jerry, tell me a little about yourself. You're an attorney, obviously. Uh, not that you need to be an attorney to run for judge, is that correct? You, you do. You need to be a licensed attorney to run for judge. For, for seven years, I believe, is the minimum threshold. Um, but hopefully your, your candidate has a lot more experience than that. I've been an attorney over 20 years and uh, spent most of my career as a prosecutor and started off in New Orleans and then was also a prosecutor here in Jefferson Parish. And um, by the time I left to open my own office, I'd handled just about every type of case that, that they could throw at you. I'd done everything from shoplifting to first-degree murder. 
So you were in New Orleans, you said, before that? I was. Uh, right when I came out of school, New Orleans was always hiring. They were right. always looking to get people through there, and, and they came and recruited at uh, LSU Law School where I graduated. And, um, and so I went there and worked for Harry Connick at the beginning of my career. That's, it. That's, that's an interesting move there for you. So now, obviously, you're in New Orleans. You get to try all kinds of crimes and everything like that. But uh, you said a qualification to run for judge in, in, in Jefferson Parish is seven years of experience. Seven years of being, I, I believe it's seven, it may be eight, but seven years of being a licensed attorney. It it was changed uh, about 15 years ago. It used to be five, and then they had some judges get elected that I think they thought maybe needed a little bit more experience. Uh, right. So they, they bumped it up. Two um, years, two, just two years more. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I guess having, having seven years or two or five years, that you know, if you're, I guess if your per, perception is that you're qualified to the, to the you know, the court of public opinion then i guess that sometimes weighs heavier but to your point you got 20 years you're beyond that so what, have, what kind of law do you practice in your private practice so i have a uh, general litigation practice I, I really enjoy i went to law school to become a prosecutor that's why i um went and got a law degree because i saw what prosecutors did and i i thought it looked like a very rewarding experience taking people who are victimizing innocent citizens and making them stand up for what they've done. And you need a person to do that. And, and that's what I wanted to do. Um, it, I have two young sons, five years old and eight years old. And it just oh, wow. got, yeah, <laughs> and I just turned 50, um, but, uh, it just got to be where, um, practicality of life. I needed more flexibility with my wife's job, my job. And, and so it made more sense for me to go off on my own and open an office. Um, that, in addition to, um, you know, I, I felt the calling to run for judge, to continue my service for the people of Jefferson Parish, and it's very difficult to do that when you're already in a, a prosecutor's job. It's, you really, it's, you have to resign from the job to do, to run anyway. Okay. So you're a prosecutor in Jefferson Parish, too, you're saying? I was. Okay. Yes. So this is, what's interesting to me is... I, I, I've interviewed a lot of judges. I've interviewed a lot of attorneys that, that worked in the, in the court system and stuff. And oftentimes you hear these stories of them switching sides. You know, they're a you know, prosecutor at one time. They become a defense attorney. You've spent your whole career going after the bad guys. I have. I haven't. But, you know, the experience of going through that, you also you see so many people come through that you, you start to look at people for what they are. They're people. And there are bad people who do bad things to victimize people. And... Sometimes the only thing you can do is put them in a box where they can't be around other good people because they will victimize again. Um, and then, as everybody out there knows, a lot of times there's just somebody you know who's a good person, makes a bad decision, needs their life put back on course. And, um, and so there are things that can be done to affect that so that, like you said, not everybody is lock them up as long as we can because we can't afford to do that. Well, not only that, but what I, I've interviewed some, some national attorneys that have talked about how not only when you over-criminalize somebody or you've got somebody, I mean, the, the example that I'll share with you about, that was given to one of these attorneys is uh, she had a client who was 18 years old, selling marijuana in his stepfather's house. Um, it was a joint. Um, somebody tipped off, you know, those drugs being dealt or whatever. They raided the house. The kid had one joint, and and in the back of the house was the stepfather's room, and there was a gun in in one in, in the dresser, and so the kid got charged with, you know, uh, selling drugs and and um, with a firearm, and so he went to jail for three years. He comes out at 21. He's a felon. He can't vote. He can't. He can't get a job. He's more likely to to be recidivist than he is anything else, and 
you know, he can't. It's hard to get his life back on track because even though he was a good kid, he just made a bad decision on selling a joint, but unknowingly there's a gun in the back. So <clears throat> he's been three years in jail. Well, and so that's part of the reason why it is so important to have that experience of actually going into court and prosecuting cases and looking at, at the at the people who are affected, the people who are doing it, the families of the people who are doing it, because because everybody loses in the situation. Um, but having the experience to know, be able to tell the difference between a good person who made a bad decision or a person who really is bad and they're going to hurt other people if you let them go back out. What's interesting is you you mentioned looking at the family. So you're you're so you're uh, as a as a judge, you're not just going to look at the person and evaluate what they did. You're also saying you're going to be working with the family to really see I guess how far this goes. Well, it, that's that's actually I mean I, no, you really have to look at what the person did and whether or not what punishment is going to um, change their behavior to where you can try to get them to become a, a good citizen again. Um, the reason you look at the family is because family structure and the family support that people have is often a good indicator of how successful they're going to be changing their behavior. And if somebody has a strong family support behind them, they are more likely to be able to come through it and change their behavior and change their activity. Well, so is, what are the types of law have you practiced besides uh, being a prosecutor for your own firm? So I, uh, I did work for a, a law firm downtown and did um, defense work, insurance defense, asbestos um, cases, defense, um, tried asbestos jury trials in, uh, in Orleans Parish. Um, I have handled... Uh, all kinds of family law cases, um, cases involving divorce, cases involving because all these cases come through your court too, don't they? They do. They do. Right. Jefferson, it's so not just crime. It's just it's. That's right. And in Orleans Parish, it is all criminal court, and then the other one, CDC, is all civil court. And so you have judges that they only handle criminal, and judges only handle civil. Whereas in Jefferson Parish, and pretty much every other parish in the state. Judges hear everything that comes before them. They hear civil cases, lawsuits. They hear criminal cases. They hear family law. You you hear just a, a much wider variety. So you have to have a lot of experience in a lot of them. Well, and when we get back, we're going to talk more about the division, the court, and everything about that that you're running for and get to know you a bit better. And then after that, we're going to start talking some of those fun questions on how we do nuts and bolts. When we get back here on my show, we'll get back with Jerry Smith, who's running for judge in Jefferson Parish here in WGSO 990 AM. And my show, William Wallace for America, also brought to you by Bond Arms. There is a restaurant on the West Bank side of Jefferson Parish called Signet Landing, and it is a true gem for Louisiana-style dining for lunch or dinner. And their back porch overlooks a bayou with the boats of fishermen and shrimpers, so you know their seafood is fresh. So imagine having a meal at Signet Landing, and you won't be disappointed while the sun sets behind the boating community there at Signet Landing and tell them William Wallace sent you. So many of my life's most important moments include the talks that I had with my dad outside on our deck. It was where we got away from the distractions of the indoors and just focused on learning from each other. I want to give that time to my own son today. So as I choose to build an outdoor structure for my home, I'm choosing Sequoia Outdoor Supply. They understand what it means to build memories and they offer everything I need to get that done. 
Visit SequoiaOutdoorSupply.com to learn more. A very smart financial person once said there are five G's you need in life, and that's God, gold, guns, grub, and ground. And there is a place in Slidell that has gold and guns, and that's Golden Gun Traders at 1428 Gauze Boulevard in Slidell. And they buy, sell, trade, and transfer. So if you want to buy, have a need to sell, or just need some help doing a transfer, they can help you. Call them at 985-326-GOLD. I love my pillow products and I love that Mike Lindell is so passionate about his products and America. I use the pillows and the slippers and enjoy them so much. I'm placing orders on more of his products using the promo code WWFA at mypillow.com to get big discounts on any of their products and you will see what the rest of America loves about the products you can find at MyPillow.com using the promo code WWFA. When you think of a hotel, you think of some place you stay when you are away from home. But here in New Orleans, there is a hotel you will want your out-of-town guests to stay at, and you will want to do a staycation there. And the name is Parkview Historic Hotel. They are on St. Charles Avenue, overlooking the streetcar line and Audubon Park. Great views on all sides of the Parkview Historic Hotel. A historic home with antiques from days gone by with a beautiful history will make any stay at the Parkview Historic Hotel a unique unique experience. Jenna McCaffrey is a personal injury attorney, not a billboard attorney. With Jenna McCaffrey, it's not business, it's personal. She recognizes that when you have had an accident, you don't need promises. You need personal service, good advice, and someone that takes your situation personally and offers a level of service that makes you feel like your needs were met and not like you had to take a number hoping you will be made whole again. Her number is 504-837-1234. And remember, it's not business, it's personal. All right, everybody, welcome back to William Wallace for America, brought to you by Pell Hughes Direct Mail and Printing for all of your, direct, not only political mail, but also for your business mail, too. Call Adam Strauss. Jerry Smith is telling us about this court. So, Jerry, we, we kind of segued right before the break. You're talking a little bit about how, what the court does. It doesn't just go after bad people, because I think everybody has the perception that a judge goes after bad people and throws people in jail and says, you're guilty, what more do they do? What more do they do in this court? Well, I mean, you always have Judge Judy and you have <laughs> yeah. everybody else, Judge Wapner. And, right, exactly. Um, no, yeah, they, definitely Wapner. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so much that they do that people just don't don't know about or don't think about. Because unless you've had the experience of going into court, um, and the unfortunate experience, because a lot of times you're going into court, it's because something bad happened. Um, but unless you've had that experience, you don't really fully understand what everything that judges do. And, and during the break, we were talking about one thing that's um, an important function is if you have, um, let's say you have a matter in front of the tax assessor and you disagree with your assessment, or you just uh, you want to rezone your property or subdivide it, or you want to get a variance and you feel like you're not being treated um, properly by the government, by that ad- administrative um, decision, right. when you appeal that, that goes to the, co- that goes to the district court. And so um, the judge really often is your last protection against action of the government as well. Last protection of freedom too, from what I'm hearing there. It is, it is. You know, so so that that weighs heavily. We're gonna ask. We're talking about more about that later on, uh, on on how you think that you would, you know, rule as a judge when it comes to those kind of those kind of issues. So the 24th JDC handles from what to what. 
Not just soups and nut, but the soups. <laughs> well, uh, in Jefferson Parish, um, the uh, state district court handles everything essentially that doesn't go to the parish courts. And so the, the parish court you're running for, though, what all does it do? Well, the district court that I'm running for handles everything that doesn't go to the misdemeanor court. There okay. is a parish court that handles traffic matters. Um, there handles very low-value lawsuits, handles um, other misdemeanors, shoplifting. That's the night court. It is, it <laughs> yeah. is. I mean, it's all throughout the day, but yeah. they do, they are the ones that start at 4 p.m. in First Parish out on David Drive. Yeah. And, um, and so everything else that you file goes into the district court. And like I said before, that could be a criminal charge brought by the district attorney. It could be a lawsuit because your neighbor's dog bit you. It could be... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it could be, um, like I said, appealing an administrative action of government that, that you don't feel like was fair and you feel like um, you need a judge to look right. at it. This is, this is interesting. So, and, and you've had all kinds of these cases or in these realms it, with your own law practice, as you said, and then also when you were a judge over in Orleans, correct? Well, when I, when I was an assistant district attorney yeah. in Orleans. Um, yeah, that was more criminal stuff. But with your own practice, though, you've been involved in all these kind of things that are going through the court systems. I have. I have. I've um, handled a lot of administrative appeals that go up to the district court that have to be filed there because um, you don't like what the administrative law judge who – um, the way the government set up uh, is when the, when a lot of things, when the government needs to make a decision on something, it goes to what's it called an administrative law judge who is not elected. They are appointed, and they, um, they can just be appointed to hear these small matters. Well, if you don't like the decision that they make, your right as a citizen and under the law is to appeal that, and it goes to the district court where I would be running. So uh, the administrative uh, does Jefferson Parish have administrative law clerks or law judges also? Um, a lot of them are the state. A lot of them, the state okay. has administrative law judges. But if whatever you're appealing came originated in the parish of Jefferson, then it would go to the Jefferson Parish District Court. So who appoints those administrative law judges? Um, I think a lot of them are appointed by the governor. It depends on how their agency, particular agency, is set up, whether it's the agency head or whether it's uh, – there is a Department of Administrative Law under the – um, state government, and so uh, those are appointed. I think a lot of them are appointed by the governor. But the po the major point there is that that judge, when you go, when you take that into district court, it, like I said, is your last. He is the goalie. He or she is the goalie on how to protect, make sure your rights are protected, and that's why it's so important that judges be independent and not be beholden to anybody in the government. Um, that they that they are their own person, and they. are they're going to follow the right. facts and the law and make the decision regardless of who the parties are in front of them. And this is interesting. So you think by you having a private practice, this that you would be able to separate yourself from what you're, this scenario you're talking about because you know other people that might be running for office and other offices or whatever they're all can always be influenced by the people that they've surround put their or have surrounded their business. I guess. Well, surrounded their business, or let's say they're uh, they're running with political endorsements, and then something comes up in front of them where the person who endorsed them politically is is a party to it. I mean, right? There may be a tendency for them to say, "Well, I, I think it's um, I I don't want to make make this person angry. You help me get to where I am." And, right. And that's just the wrong attitude. I mean, the attitude needs to be: it doesn't matter who the parties are in front of you. This comes down to the facts and the law. And what does the law say? Um, that is the appropriate action with these facts that you're presented. You know, you, you, a question comes to my mind that I don't want to forget after the break that I'll ask you right now. Uh, there's a lot of, um, I think one of the problems with, with our court systems is precedence by previous judges often has influence over cases in the future. So 
let's talk about that. Like you, you say, I was to look at the facts and the law. So often, in, in, in people who are paying attention and hear about court cases, especially the Supreme Court, you hear about these judges ruling one way. They case what the precedence is. Instead of looking at the law and the situation or how it affects freedom, they still say, "Well, the precedence is." How do you feel about that? Well, it. it Funny enough, Louisiana is different than the other 49 states in that regard, and, and it actually ends up operating about the same. But um, in the other 49 states, they do rely on precedent, and um, you can't go against a ruling of a court above you. Um, because we came from the French law, there's a different there's jurisprudence constant, which is uh, you're supposed to basically stay with the spirit of the law um, as, as it has been written by higher courts. Now, in reality and actuality, it, it does act more of like a precedent system, because think about it, if I'm, if I'm a uh, district court judge and a matter comes before me and Jefferson Parish is in the Fifth C- Circuit, so there's Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal, and I know that the Fifth Circuit has already ruled on this issue before me, and I say, well, I don't care, I think they're wrong, I'm going to rule the way I believe. It's, I know that it's going to get reversed by them because they've already told me what they think. Right. So it's, it's almost futility. Um, that being said, no two cases are identical. And so an important part of precedent is not just that you look at it and say, okay, well, I guess I need to do that. You need to look at it and say, is there anything with the facts in front of me that distinguish that case from this one? And this is why this case should have a different ruling than the one that they're calling So you're already precedent. thinking ahead, you see? Now, unlike you, when you say the French form of the law that we have, where the French would snub the news at the, <laughs> you know, like some people that the French do. So let's talk about that. So if if you've got precedence, you've got, you know, you think the case could be different. How often does that does that kind of stuff come up in the courts? It comes up all the time because um, you very, like I said, you seldom have two cases that are exactly the same. So um, just because an issue has been decided one way before, there's so many facts that went into that issue. There's so many facts that went into that decision that if one of the facts is different in your case, does it make a difference? It may or it may not. And that's the kind of thing that um, you need to have critical thinking. And that's why it's important also to have the type of experience where you've handled so many cases in your career that you've seen all these different patterns. and And you know what to look for, essentially. You know where to look to say, well, that really changes what we have in front of us because that fact is different. Or even if that fact's different, it doesn't change what's in front of us. You know, wrap up this segment here with this with this thought. It just sounds like there's so many different courts. You know, you're talking about the appeals courts and the JDC and the this court and, you know, how we have, what, 16 districts? In, is that what it is, 16 in Jefferson Parish? 16 uh, <coughs> divisions in, in yeah. district court. And then you've got the the lower courts, and the, uh, you talk about the parish courts, the night courts, and then you've got the the, what the all. And then you have not to mention all the justice, the pieces, you know, in their courts. Is, is there that much going on in the in the parish? Well, um, <coughs> yes, there is because I mean Jefferson Parish um, government runs pretty efficiently, and um, and if some of those positions were no longer needed, I mean I I believe in Jefferson Parish, and I believe that um, Jefferson Parish. People and voters would demand that there be a change made to get rid of government waste. And uh, the amount of cases that come before all those lower courts is um, adequate to say that they are necessary to have. Um, You also don't want a judge on the Court of Appeals having to deal with every traffic ticket that comes out. So it's kind of tiered in that way due to seriousness of the case and, um, and how long certain cases take to handle. I mean, some cases are you, you have one court 
um, setting, and some are in there for years. Well, well, we'll talk more about this after the break. Let's talk about how, you, how you're going to rule on some of this stuff after the break. I know it's hard to say, <laughs> but thanks for tuning in. After the break with me, William Wallace for America, brought to you by Pell Hughes. Can renew. Check out Piazza's Top Gun Coatings in Harahan, Louisiana. They can take that tired old patio furniture, railings, rims, and almost anything made of metal and make it look new again. They do powder and ceramic coating and dustless media blasting to clean it. Please visit Piazza's Top Gun Coatings website at topguncoatings.net or call them at 504-667-3626. Jenna McCaffrey is a personal injury attorney, not a billboard attorney. With Jenna McCaffrey, it's not business, it's personal. She recognizes that when you have had an accident, you don't need promises. You need personal service, good advice, and someone that takes your situation personally and offers a level of service that makes you feel like your needs were met and not like you had to take a number hoping you will be made whole again. Her number is 504-837-1234. And remember, it's not business, it's personal. When you think of a hotel, you think of someplace you stay when you are away from home. But here in New Orleans, there is a hotel you will want your out-of-town guests to stay at, and you will want to do a staycation there. And the name is Park View Historic Hotel. They are on St. Charles Avenue, overlooking the streetcar line and Audubon Park. Great views on all sides of the Park View Historic Hotel. A historic home with antiques from days gone by with a beautiful history will make any stay at the Park View Historic Hotel a unique unique experience. There is a restaurant on the West Bank side of Jefferson Parish called Signet Landing and it is a true gem for Louisiana style dining for lunch or dinner. And their back porch overlooks a bayou with the boats of fishermen and shrimpers. So you know their seafood is fresh. So imagine having a meal at Signet Landing and you won't be disappointed while the sun sets behind the boating community there at Signet Landing and tell them William Wallace sent you. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Tico Fox. How many special sessions will lawmakers see in 2024 before the start of the regular session in March? Political analyst Bernie Pinsonass says a special session to redraw a new congressional map will begin January 15th, and a criminal justice reform session is expected to take place in February. Both of those will be contentious. Both of them will have a motion in them and both of them have serious outcomes. Pinsonat says Democrats will likely have a new congressional map that would provide the opportunity for two additional Democrats to be elected to Congress in November or in a December runoff. Tax expert for Advantage Jason DeQuere says in 2024, Louisiana is moving to a uniform local sales tax board to collect taxes from businesses instead of the parish e-file system. The systems for the administration and collection of sales tax were housed in two different entities. Some of it's housed at the Department of Revenue. Some of it's housed with local government. LouisianaRadioNetwork.com. Tiger fans, are you looking for the latest news on all things LSU? Then Tiger Rag Magazine is your go-to source. Whether you pick up the magazine or browse over to the website, Tiger Rag Magazine provides you with the most up-to-date information on all the sports, university, and recruiting news that matters to you. Find it at your local newsstand or online at TigerRag.com. 
Let's face it, we all know that the recruiting scene at LSU can get a little wild. Don't fret. Now more than ever, Tiger Rag Magazine is staying ahead of the game when it comes to name, image, likeness regulations. Thanks to our Tiger Rag Magazine experts and analysts, we can help you understand what it means to LSU and how you can stand formed on this rapidly changing landscape. Plus, our website makes it easy for fans to get their hands on all the information they need about LSU athletics. Get your subscriptions today. So, if you're looking for in-depth coverage of everything LSU, Look no further than Tiger Rag Magazine. Available on newsstands or online, tigerrag.com. So many of my life's most important moments include the talks that I had with my dad outside on our deck. It was where we got away from the distractions of the indoors and just focused on learning from each other. I want to give that time to my own son today. So as I choose to build an outdoor structure for my home, I'm choosing Sequoia Outdoor Supply. They understand what it means to build memories, and they offer everything I need to get that done. Visit SequoiaOutdoorSupply.com to learn more. A very smart financial person once said there are five G's you need in life, and that's God, gold, guns, grub, and ground. And there is a place in Slidell that has gold and guns, and that's Golden Gun Traders at 1428 Gauze Boulevard in Slidell. And they buy, sell, trade, and transfer. So if you want to buy, have a need to sell, or just need some help doing a transfer, they can help you. Call them at 985-326-GOLD. Why buy new when you can renew? Check out Piazza's Top Gun Coatings in Harahan, Louisiana. They can take that tired old patio furniture, railings, rims, and almost anything made of metal and make it look new again. They do powder and ceramic coating and dustless media blasting to clean it. Please visit Piazza's Top Gun Coatings website at topguncoatings.net or call them at 504-667-3626. I love MyPillow products and I love that Mike Lindell is so passionate about his products and America. I use the pillows and the slippers and enjoy them so much. I'm placing orders on more of his products using the promo code WWFA at MyPillow.com to get big discounts on any of their products and you will see what the rest of America loves about the products you can find at MyPillow.com using the promo code WWFA. All right, welcome back to William Wallace for America. You know, I also want you all to check out BindArms.com. Uh, you'll see some great things in our inventory. Also, check out Patriot Mobile at patriotmobile.com forward slash WWFA to switch your cell phone service to a, patri- to a cell phone company that believes in America first and our Constitution. We're talking with Jerry Smith, speaking of the Constitution and laws. Jerry, so have you, uh, I know the federal Constitution is it, I mean, of course, it weighs heavily in all the courts, but. You know, how much does the Louisiana Constitution weigh in on what you're going to be doing here in the, in the 24th JDC? So that's an interesting uh, difference between the federal government and the state government. The federal Constitution is, what, about five pages long? Mm-hmm. And the state Constitution is over 700 pages long. Yeah. I mean, they, there's so much. It's still growing. Right. <laughs> and, 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 um it was a while back that Louisiana started putting all of these amendments in the Constitution as opposed to just passing laws and pa- passing statutes. Um, there is a move, as I understand it, by uh, the governor-elect 
to um, rewrite the entire state constitution and, and move a lot of that stuff over into statutes and take it out of the constitution so that you can really take the constitution and have it focus on those freedoms that are right. that are the most important and not have them kind of get drowned out by everything else that's, that's put in there. Right. That sounds good. How about just say, you know, the Louisiana constitution could mirror the, the federal constitution. Well, it, it, it certainly it could in design. Um, state government is set up differently to, to handle different. It's supposed to be to set up different, set up to handle different things, different issues than the federal um, constitution is. Just real quick, if you think about um, the federal constitution is dealing with 50 different sovereign governments. Right. And so it's just, it is the framework of how those sovereign governments relate to each other. And that's what it's supposed to be is, is how do we defend ourselves as a group? How do we have commerce between us as a group of 50 individual nations? Right. Um, and the state government is set up to handle a lot more of the smaller minutia of life that the government gets involved in. Um, I think it was designed to have it, it much different on the federal level. I think that over historically over the past several decades, the federal government has seized a lot of power that should have been um, there for the states. But um, to answer your original question, uh, the, a lot of what you do as a state court judge um, does look at the federal constitution and the state constitution because the state constitution just has so much in it um, that it really goes into minutiae and detail. Can some of those things be moved out in, in like statutes or any, any type of law outside of a constitution, or they have to be inside of a constitution? Absolutely, they can be moved out. And that's, uh, what I, as I understand it, and I've talked to some of the people who were on um, governor-elect's transition team, and that there is um, definitely a move um, to that effect. They've been studying it, and they've got some think tanks who have been working on trying to figure out how to pare down the Louisiana Constitution and not get rid of everything that's in it, but move it over into statutes. Like I said, just to kind of focus on the things that the Constitution really needs to to uh, protect you from. And maybe uh, maybe guide the legislature in the future to, that when they make laws, you know, here's a law for the Constitution, but here's a law for the Book of Statutes. Right. Is, that, we, is, that, is that the right way to say it? Well, look, at, we, we adopted the uh, federal Constitution, what, 1787? And how many amendments do we have? I mean, not that many over the past 250 years. Right. But uh, in the state constitution, we adopted that one. I think it was state constitution 1973, and it's been amended, I mean, hundreds of times. Right, exactly. So, so why? Why is it different on the state level to where you need everything in the constitution? And I think that's an important question they need to ask. Now, that being said, a judge is not a policymaker. And they don't decide what goes in. That's for the legislators. That's what they do. And so um, the judge just needs to take the law as it's written and apply it to the facts that come before. My last broad question um, would be something that, that you brought up a minute ago, which I was actually getting ready to ask you, that you know I believe that the federal government has fi figured out how to pierce that veil of sovereignty that each state has, you know, through federal money and through the, you know, through basically, well, just basically through federal dollars, you know, on, on there. I wonder if, if Louisiana, if we're in a time when we have a Republican majority and a Republican governor, you know, there's a way to kind of, you know, flex our muscles, if you will, to kind of find some ways to be able to, um, I guess, re, uh, reaffirm our sovereignty. But the problem with that, again, is the federal money that we get, we can't turn it down because we need it. <laughs> That's right. And I think, um, you know, if you're old enough to remember, um, I certainly am, when they changed the drinking age from 18 to 21 in the state of Louisiana, that was done because 
Um, the federal government said, we're not going to give you highway dollars, interstate money, or money to work on your interstates and highway dollars unless you change the drinking age. So, I mean, they, they really just held um, our feet to the fire and said, fine, don't change your state law, but if you don't, you're, you're going to lose that on money. So let's talk about, about how you're going to organize your court. You know, there's a lot of things that the previous judge did that that a lot of people really brag about. They, they, they just think it's just a, a great example how a court should be run. You know, we talked about what a judge does. We talked a little you know, we back and forth here about how you're not just say you're not just there to gavel down and say you're guilty, not guilty, and put people in jail. You're there to kind of set up a court and organize it in a way where, you know, cases can flow smoothly. Um, the people can feel that their rights were protected. Um, people can feel vindicated if that's the case. How are you going to, are there any things that you want to point to that you're going to use to organize your court? Well, I, there's a few things, and you did mention the, the previous judge, and he really did come up with a lot of uh a lot of innovative programs on the criminal side. He uh, was one of the developers of the Swift and Certain Court, is what they call it, which uses um, uses smaller punishments, but with just no um, leeway at all. If you're on the Swift and Certain program and you do something wrong, you know what the outcome is going to be, and you're going to have a hearing within, I mean, within a week, not within months, and uh, you know what the outcome is going to be, and it, that has really helped change people's behavior because they know. There's no talking my way out of this with the judge. Um, he was instrumental in the uh, reentry program at Angola that um, has has turned around a lot of lives. But um, to your broader question about how to organize the court, it needs to be looked at to um, be the easiest for the public to deal with. And technology has provided us a lot of those answers. And, and the previous judge in Division D who went to the Court of Appeals, he also was uh, integrating artificial intelligence for um, for a program to be able to ask the court questions and have AI answer them. Um, and, and I worked on, uh, tested some of the prototype of that with him. He sent me the link and said, ask it some questions, do your best. <laughs> and um, it, But the major thing is just that people know that the court is there for them, and when they go there to seek relief, they will have justice. And whether that be on a lawsuit or whether that be on a criminal case where you've been victimized or your son is charged with a crime or, um, you know, anything like that, or the government has, uh, a government agency has said, this is our decision, you know that the court is there for you to provide you justice, regardless of who you are. This is this is quite interesting. So not that you have any, any, any um, not that you're going to change the wallpaper, but you might, but you might add some molding to highlight the good things and uh, and be able to make some of the, some of your add your own improvements. Is that the way to look at it? Well, the, the, the way to look at it is, is, I mean, there's a reason they call it the practice of law, and, right. and it's it's because over the years that you do it, you learn. I mean, it, so when I started uh, prosecuting in, in Orleans Parish in 2001, there was DNA was not used very much at all in the country. Um, the first DNA lab here was in Harahan called Reliagene. There were no government DNA labs. Um, it was an emerging science. And so, you know, as you practice your way through those, and now we're dealing with AI issues and voice cloning, and, and how can you ever tell that the person who's talking is actually the person who's talking? Right. Um, and there's just, as you practice and you learn and you learn about new issues that come up, you change the behavior and in, in the structure of the court to accommodate for those changes. And, and that's, again, why it's called a practice of law. That's why it's so important to have experienced judges. How, how are you going to be able to, to think, your, think 
that through, I guess, with AI and now that so much evidence can be can be manipulated or voices. I mean, and you just now said that the previous judge is already using some AI for questioning. How, how do we navigate that in, in, in a world where people's rights are actually more important and they're innocent until proven guilty and even the even the ones who are guilty have some rights you know to be able to affirm you know their 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 livelihood or their lives how do we navigate that well that's going to be a bigger question uh, honestly globally as, as to how we navigate that because now there's not only voice cloning there's also video cloning and so you mix that together with something like zoom and you don't even know that the face you're looking at on there who's talking to you is the person who it's supposed to be. And that's a bigger question that we're going to have for a lot of things. Now, um, in the criminal law context, you know, the state has the duty of proving their case beyond a reasonable doubt. These AI things are coming in as, as injecting reasonable doubt in, unless you use other technology. For instance, a phone call, if you have a recording of a phone call, that could be anybody and, and the voice could have been cloned. But if you have the records to show that the call was made from this number to this number at this time, um, then you can go back and bolster the credibility of that call. So it's it really is going to be using technology along with technology. What I like that I'm hearing is that you're you're, you're every time I ask you some of these questions, you're showing how you not only think out of the box with it, but how you don't just stop with the face value of the question. You're actually going a little bit deeper. You know, we talked about earlier how you how you'll you know go into the family history and how this time with AI, you know, you have to look for other things to prove it. It just kind of shows that you're going to be a not only a forward thinking judge, but somebody who and thinks out of the box, but somebody who's not going to rely on um, hang your hat on one thing, but you'll have freedoms first. We have a break. We got to take up. That's why I rush to that one here on William Wallace for America. So many of my life's most important moments include the talks that I had with my dad outside on our deck. It was where we got away from the distractions of the indoors and just focused on learning from each other. I want to give that time to my own son today. So as I choose to build an outdoor structure for my home, I'm choosing Sequoia Outdoor Supply. They understand what it means to build memories and they offer everything I need to get that done. Visit SequoiaOutdoorSupply.com to learn more. A very smart financial person once said there are five G's you need in life, and that's God, gold, guns, grub, and ground. And there is a place in Slidell that has gold and guns, and that's Gold and Gun Traders at 1428 Gauze Boulevard in Slidell. And they buy, sell, trade, and transfer. So if you want to buy, have a need to sell, or just need some help doing a transfer, they can help you. Call them at 985-326-GOLD. There is a restaurant on the West Bank side of Jefferson Parish called Signet Landing, and it is a true gem for Louisiana-style dining for lunch or dinner. And their back porch overlooks a bayou with the boats of fishermen and shrimpers, so you know their seafood is fresh. So imagine having a meal at Signet Landing and you won't be disappointed while the sun sets behind the boating community there at Signet Landing and tell them William Wallace sent you. Why buy new when you can renew? Check out Piazza's Top Gun Coatings in Harahan, Louisiana. They can take that tired old patio furniture, railings, rims, and almost anything made of metal and make it look new again. They do powder and ceramic coating and dustless media blasting to clean it. Please visit Piazza's Top Gun Coatings website at topguncoatings.net or call them at 504-667-3626. 
I love MyPillow products, and I love that Mike Lindell is so passionate about his products and America. I use the pillows and the slippers and enjoy them so much, I'm placing orders on more of his products using the promo code WWFA at MyPillow.com to get big discounts on any of their products, and you will see what the rest of America loves about the products you can find at MyPillow.com using the promo code WWFA. Jenna McCaffrey is a personal injury attorney, not a billboard attorney. With Jenna McCaffrey, it's not business, it's personal. She recognizes that when you have had an accident, you don't need promises. You need personal service, good advice, and someone that takes your situation personally and offers a level of service that makes you feel like your needs were met and not like you had to take a number hoping you will be made whole again. Her number is 504-837-1234. And remember, it's not business, it's personal. All right, welcome back to William Wallace for America, brought to you by Pell Hughes, direct mail and printing. With me right now in studio is Jerry Smith. We're talking about his, uh, he's running for 24th JDC. What division is it again? It's division D. Division D. We've been talking about what's going on in the courts, how you're going to organize it, the things you like, things you don't like. Before I go to the next question, is there anything else, other way you're going to organize a court? Is there anything else you want to bring in, any other kind of fresh idea that that, that uh, we haven't gotten to yet? Well, I, the major point that, that I have um, and that I've made and, and I believe, firmly believe in, because I've practiced in front of good judges, I've practiced in front of bad judges, I've practiced in front of judges who got removed from the bench by the Supreme Court. Um, there is a, there can be a huge effect on the parties and on the cases based on how that judge acts. And, and if you think about it, most people who walk into a courtroom are probably there because they're having a bad day. They're either a victim right. of a crime, charged with a crime, they're going through a divorce, they're being sued or they're suing somebody because they got injured. And um, and the last thing you need is somebody who has an ego who's going to say, well, I'm going to show you who's boss. And I think that, you know, my um, my mentors and the judges that I respect and the way they handle themselves, they're the ones who, who are there so that when the parties walk in, the judge says, I'm here for you. What can I do for you today? And um, anything that makes that mission easier to accomplish and, and makes it easier for people to have access to the courts and to get the justice that the judge is there for, um, anything that makes that easier is, are things that I'm going to be looking at. Do you think that a, that, a compa- that, that, that a judge with that much compassion, not only is, is it, uh, you know, of course, the, the, you can say that the um, perception is that you know, you're softer, I guess, if you have a lot of compassion, but do you think that compassion leads to better justice better service for the, the people to feel like they entered a court system that served them properly, It's or is it better for justice? And then how does that reflect on the needs of the public? Do you think that a compassionate judge uh, brings more rights to the public or more, I guess, I don't say vindication, but, you know, is, is it result lower crime? How does it serve the community? Well, yeah. I, there are a lot of people in Angola right now who would not call me soft. Um, I, I've prosecuted uh, soft and compassionate, two different things, right? right? Yeah. right. And, and, and yeah. what I'm talking about is not um, that you need to say, "Oh, that's too bad." You know, you really had it bad, so you know I, I can't hold you accountable for your actions. No, people need to be held accountable for their actions. What I'm talking about is 
compassion and empathy with the people who are walking into your courtroom, that it is not the judge's show to be there and say, look how important I am. I'm going to, I'm going to belittle people. I'm going to make it difficult for them. It's, it's there to be professional and knowing that the attorneys are there to do their job and they don't need um, a bulldog in there barking at them all the time. That's the compassion I'm talking about is, is the empathy for the people who appear before you. Um, that being said, when somebody needs to be punished, they need to be punished. And, and I have, um, like I said, I prosecuted everything from shoplifting to first degree murder. And I have, um, sentenced a lot of people to, or not sentenced. I've, I've convicted a lot of people of life sentence without parole, um, offenses, but you know, you just need to be able to, like I said before, look at the case and say, is this something that can be fixed or is this something where this person is going to hurt people and they need to be put away from good people compassion i think too leads to respect absolutely you know and when you have the respect from other attorneys that enter your courtroom whether they agree with you or disagree with you compassion leads a level of respect that helps the courts run better which in my opinion i guess would serve the people better when our courts are efficient because a judge has a level of respect for others and a level of compassion then the public gets served properly i guess would that extend to them you think i, I yes absolutely i mean like i mentioned some of my role models um Judge Sullivan, who was on the bench in Division M in Jefferson Parish, was just a consummate gentleman. And um, and if you went into his division, you knew you were going to be treated with respect. And so it made everybody else respect the judge. Respect, uh, respect right. gets respect. And, um, and so he was a, a very um, revered judge because of that. And uh, But I certainly wouldn't want him sentencing me for armed robbery. I mean, <laughs> you can be respectful with that and still be, I, I call it firm, but fair. Yeah, right, exactly. I'll, I'll, you, we're there to make sure that the process is fair for you. Right. Um, but when it needs to be firm, it needs to be firm. So let's let's talk about individual liberties, individual freedoms. You know, where where were you? I guess that you know the the lady the lady of justice is blind, has the two scales on there. How will you weigh in on freedom and liberty when it comes to your courts? Well, I think the um, if you look at the structure of the United States Constitution, it sets forth the limits on government. Um, what, one thing to recognize is when they were drafting the Bill of Rights is, is that the Bill of Rights does not give you rights. The Bill of Rights recognizes human rights that you have. Mm -hmm. And you had them before they were written in that document. It's just a recognition of that. Right. And, and it's there. If you look at the Bill of Rights, it, also, it, it says what the government can't do. It can't infringe on your right to, to your religion. It can't stop your free exercise of your religion. It can't stop you from having the right to free speech. And that's a recognition that those are God-given rights that we all have. And Although the government's finding ways around it, but go ahead. <laughs> look, it's, government is run by people. And, um, and so they are, there are a lot of people who are always going to seek more power, more power and control, because more power and control is very often more money. But that's really one of the biggest uh, roles that the court has is protecting individual liberties and holding the government to those those inalienable rights that we have as human beings and making sure that the government doesn't overstep and um, overstep those those rights and, and take away our rights. Right. That, that, that's a very unique way of putting that. I appreciate, I appreciate that. So how do you tie in? I mean, there's Louisiana statutes. There's a federal constitution. You have to organize your 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 your, uh, your court, you know, to be able to not only offer people rights and compassion, 
and bring it all all together. When you get elected, what's the first thing that you're going to do walking in there? That to be able to establish all of this at one time. Well, I, for do, you have, do you have a plan off the start? I guess so I'm saying that when you walk in, you you're not trying to figure things out. You already know what you're going to do. Um, there is, and I had the benefit of um, Jefferson Parish, uh, the courts, and the um, district attorney's office did a uh, had a had a group consulting group come in um, with one of the judges who's now on the court of appeals was spearheading the project as well, and came up with a wonderful plan of how to um, deal with the case flow and deal with cases uh, fairly and efficiently in the fastest possible manner that they can be handled without taking away people's rights. And um, and I still, actually, I still have a copy of that uh, report and plan that they came out with, and I don't think any of the judges, um, one judge did implement the, the, pl- the program, and it worked well. I was his assistant DA at the time. And, um, and I want to look at that. I want to look at how, um, how the case flow is in the division. Um, fortunately, the division that um, Judge Slagle left behind is, is very uh, neat and tidy. He ran a very tight ship. And uh, fortunately, it's not coming into a mess that needs to be cleaned up, for instance. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know that division, um, and I know about the caseload that they have, and I know um, how Judge Slagle ruled on things before. So I have a pretty good idea how things are going to look when I get there. And it's going to be um, more of perpetuating the programs that are already in place while, again, trying to think outside the box and trying to think of how can we improve right. this. I mean, it's great to get on top with, uh, with what Schlegel's done with the division, but you got to stay on top. And you got to stay on top by continuing to innovate and listen to what's going on in front of you and come up with new court policies. It sounds like you already have your hand on the handles that are already there. You know, you're already, you're, you're, you're already aware of what's happening. You've been paying attention. And you're not trying to go, um, I guess, you know, reinvent the wheel on this one. You're looking to go in there and 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 and, and continue to shine, or I guess gre- grease the wheels of, of justice that are already in place. You know, well, any final words? We we have, we have about 45 seconds left. Um, I, my final words on it are that I think, um, unfortunately, that not enough people educate themselves on these issues and get out and vote. There's going to be a very low voter turnout race. It's going to be very important for people to get out and vote on March 23rd. Um, I can't state that enough. It's, it could be under 20% turnout, and you need to make sure that the people are informed about what, they, what they're looking for in a judge and get out there and vote, and hopefully vote for me on March 23rd. I love it. Jerry Smith, thank you so much. 24JDC Division, what again? D. D. Thank you so much, everybody else. Keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and pay attention to what's going on, and get out and vote. Thank you so much for tuning in to William Wallace for America. Many of my life's most important moments include the talks that I had with my dad outside on our deck. It was where we got away from the distractions of the indoors and just focused on learning from each other. I want to give that time to my own son today. So as I choose to build an outdoor structure for my home, I'm choosing Sequoia Outdoor Supply. They understand what it means to build memories, and they offer everything I need to get that done. Visit SequoiaOutdoorSupply.com to learn more. There is a restaurant on the West Bank side of Jefferson Parish called Signet Landing, and it is a true gem for Louisiana-style dining for lunch or dinner. And their back porch overlooks a bayou with the boats of fishermen and shrimpers, so you know their seafood is fresh. So imagine having a meal at Signet Landing, and you won't be disappointed while the sun sets behind the boating community there at Signet Landing, and tell them William Wallace sent you. 
A very smart financial person once said there are five G's you need in life, and that's God, gold, guns, grub, and ground. And there is a place in Slidell that has gold and guns, and that's Golden Gun Traders at 1428 Gauze Boulevard in Slidell. And they buy, sell, trade, and transfer. So if you want to buy, have a need to sell, or just need some help doing a transfer, they can help you. Call them at 985-326-GOLD. I love my pillow products and I love that Mike Lindell is so passionate about his products and America. I use the pillows and the slippers and enjoy them so much. I'm placing orders on more of his products using the promo code WWFA at mypillow.com to get big discounts on any of their products and you will see what the rest of America loves about the products you can find at MyPillow.com using the promo code WWFA. This is William Wallace. Listen to my show on Tuesday night at 5 o'clock. William Wallace for America here on WGSO 990 AM in New Orleans, Louisiana.